0: So that's your warning, uh, but I'm sure you uh, are grown up enough to handle it. Don't write to me complaining. So as long as you uphold our religious beliefs, for $70, anyone can be a pastor. Oh, oh, hello! Uh, welcome to the Leaves of Glen uh, podcast. Uh, it's a mansion that leaves the glen. It's a fun little bit where I like to pretend I live in a mansion and that I'm not just recording in my basement. Uh, this is where I read the hottest in public domain books and short stories. Uh, this week, like the last couple, I'm going to keep reading The Hound of Baskervilles by Arthur Conan Doyle. Uh, Want to learn a little bit about the other show? You know, uh, sir, Arthur Ignatius Conan Doyle. Uh, born the 22nd of May, 1859, and died on the 7th of July, 1930. Uh, he was a British writer and a physician, and he created a character called Sherlock Holmes in 1887 uh, for a book called uh, A Study in Scarlet. And the first of four novels, 56, uh, 56 six short stories about Holmes and Dr. Watson, the Sherlock Holmes stories are milestones in the field of crime fiction. Burp. You want to hear uh, uh, fun facts? Sure. Why not? He's an interesting guy, right? Wrote the most famous characters you're ever going to hear about. Uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle had an interest in mystical subjects. Uh, Arthur Conan Doyle had a strong interest in mystical subjects. This website I got this from is horse crap. Uh, throughout his life, oh, he declared that he was a spiritualist at one point in his life and that he would regularly attend seances. Uh, And and, and take part in other psychic investigations? Oh, he also argued for the existence of fairies after a photograph was released of a young girl surrounded by fairies. I've seen those photographs. Uh, Maybe my keen eye for Photoshop fakery makes that just look fake as hell. When I've seen them, it's like that's clearly just a kid smiling and posing next to a bunch of illustrations of fairies. It's paintings of fairies. It's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Uh, he wrote a book about the subject titled The Coming of the Fairies. Huh, so that's kind of interesting. Uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle uh, played football in Goal. Arthur Conan Doyle was one of the most successful writers of the 19th to 20th century, but he was also incredibly athletic uh, and talented at sport. An interesting fact uh, about Arthur Conan Doyle! Exclamation point! The website actually says an interesting fact about Arthur Conan Doyle at the end of that sentence when you're there to get interesting facts. Why are they promoting that one? Why not the fairy one? While well, living in Portsmouth, 1882, Arthur Conan Dale played the club for amateur camport board. Well, uh, that was eventless. Uh, this episode is an emergency episode because I was supposed to record with Ben uh, yesterday. Uh, what happened to Ben? Well, he got COVID. Uh, he got tested. Uh, my car broke down. My car broke down. I'm not trying to gloss over Ben has COVID, but my car broke down, which is really important to me. So my car broke down and I had to go down and pick up a a rental while they fix it. got going to take days to fix it. So I had to cancel on Ben, but he said, yeah, I got tested for COVID. I have a, a mild kind of cold going on, stuffy nose, that kind of thing. And i said ah oh, it's probably nothing you can still come over if you wanted to and he goes yeah probably but then i had the last minute i'm like oh, i gotta cancel because uh, i gotta go get a car and he goes why 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 does it matter and i said i don't know i just gotta cancel i'm really focused on this car thing ben completely glossing over the fact that he might have COVID. well today uh he sent me a text message proving that he has COVID. he tested positive so the poor guy's got to stay locked up in his house for two weeks uh, so it sucks for him. Uh, I've offered to go do his chores for him. Like I'll run around and I'll get your groceries and whatever you need and go drop it off at your, your diseased house. Uh, but he said, uh, all he said in reply was, uh, Oh, now I'm just thinking of all the absurd things I can make you go do. So even though he's diseased with a, uh, a, a pandemic, uh, he's still a dick. So I'm sure that's pretty refreshing for the rest of you. How are we, uh, doing for time? uh oh god did i finally oh i got seconds until the clock strikes oh oh there we go look at that this one's a breeze my emergency episode to make up for the lack of diseased ben is the easiest thing i've ever done well let's dive into the story CHAPTER FIVE. THREE BROKEN THREADS. Well, Sherlock Holmes had, in a very remarkable degree, the power of detaching his mind at will. Oh, for two hours, the strange business in which we had been involved appeared to be forgotten, uh, and he was entirely absorbed in the pictures. "'of the modern Belgian masters. "'Oh, he would talk of nothing but art, "'of which he had the, uh, well, eh, crudest ideas, "'cause he's not the brightest person in the world. "'He's just kind of a jerk. "'And from our leaving the gallery "'until we found ourselves "'at the Northumberland Hotel. Uh, "'Sir Henry Baskerville is upstairs "'expecting you,' said the clerk. "'Oh, yeah, he asked me to show you up uh, "'once he came.' Have you any objection to my looking at your register?" said Holmes. Not in the least. The books show that two names have been added. After that, of Baskerville, one is of of, of Theophilus, Theophilus Verp Johnson, (laughs) and family of Newcastle. Oh, the other, Missus Oldmore, and maid of High Lodge, Alton. Surely burp that must be the same johnson whom i used to know said holmes to the porter when he knew everyone a lawyer uh, is he not gray-headed and walks with a limp no sir this is mr johnson the coal owner uh, a very active gentleman not older than yourself i ah, sure you're mistaken about his trade no sir he has used this hotel for many years and he is very well known to us "'Well, that settles it. Miss Oldmore, too. I seem to remember the name. Uh, "'Excuse my curiosity, but often in calling upon one friend, one finds another. "'She is an invalid lady, sir. Her husband was once mayor of Gloucester, "'and she always comes to us when she's in town. "'Thank you. I'm afraid I cannot claim her acquaintance.' Uh, We have established a most important fact by these questions, Watson, he continued in a low voice as we went upstairs together. We know now that the people who are so interested in our friend have not settled down in his own hotel. It means that while they are, as we have seen, very anxious to watch him, oh, they're equally anxious that we should uh, not see them. Now this is the most suggestive fact. Uh, uh, what, what does it suggest? It suggests, Hala, my dear fellow. Uh, what is Hala? H-A-L-L-O-A. Is that like a nickname you call one of your friends? Well, now I gotta find out. Come on. Give Papa what he wants. Kindle. Uh, exclaim, a variant of Halloo. Oh. Man, I hate old literature. It suggests, Hala, my dear fellow, uh, what on earth is the matter? "'As we came round the top of the stairs, uh, "'we had run up against Sir Henry Baskerville himself. "'Ah, his face was flushed with anger, "'and he held an old dusty boot in one of his hands. "'So furious was he that he was hardly articulate. "'And then when he did speak, "'it was in a much broader and more Western dialect "'than any which we had heard uh, from him in the morning. "'Seems to me they're playing me for a sucker in this hotel,' "'he cried. "'I'm trying to do a Western dialect. "'I guess I'm just trying to do Southern now. "'I don't know what I'm doing. "'I'll stop. "'I can't do impressions.' Uh, they'll find that they've uh, started into monkey with the wrong man, unless they are careful. By thunder, if that chap yeah, can't find my missing boot, there will be trouble. I can, I can take a joke uh, with the best, uh, Mr. Holmes, uh, but they've they got a bit over the mark this time. Still looking for your boot? Uh, yes, sir, And mean to find it. But surely you said it was a a new brown boot? Uh, so it was, sir, and now it's an old black one. What? You don't mean to say, that's just what I mean to say. I only had three pairs in the world, and the new brown, uh, the old black, and the patent leathers, uh, which I am wearing. Hmm. Uh, Last night they took one of my brown ones, and today they have sneaked one of the black. Oh, well, uh, have you got it? Uh, Speak out, man, and don't stand staring. An agitated... A uh, German waiter uh, had appeared upon the scene. Oh, no, sir, I have made inquiry all over the hotel, but I could hear no word of it. Well, either that boot comes back for sundown, or I'll see the manager and tell him that I go straight out of the hotel. Oh, it shall be found, sir, I promise you, that if you will have a little patience, oh, yeah, it, it will be found. Uh, mind it is, for the last thing of mine that I'll lose in this den of thieves... "'Well, well, Mr. Holmes, you'll excuse my troubling you about such a trifle.' "'No, I think it's well worth troubling about. Well, "'Why don't you look very serious about it?' "'No, no how do you explain it?' "'Well, I don't uh, attempt to explain it. "'It just seems a very maddest, queerest thing that's ever happened to me.' Yeah, "'The queerest, perhaps,' said Holmes thoughtfully. "'What do you make of it yourself?' Nah, I don't profess to understand it yet. Uh, The case of yours is very complex, sir. Henry, uh, when taken in conjunction with your uncle's death, I am not sure that all of the five hundred cases of capital importance uh, which I have handled, there is one which cuts so deep that we hold several threads in our hands, and the odds are that one or another of them guides us to the truth. Oh, we may waste time in following the wrong one, but sooner or later we must come upon the right. We had a pleasant luncheon in which... Little was said of the business which had brought us together. It was in the private sitting room to which we afterwards repaired that Holmes asked Baskerville uh, what were his intentions. Go to Baskerville how? and when? At the end of the week. On the whole," said Holmes. "I think that your decision is a wise one, and I have ample evidence that you are being dogged in London. And amid the millions of the great city, is it difficult to discover that these people are what their object could be? Oh, if their intentions are evil, they might do you a mischief, and we should be powerless to prevent it. But uh, did not know, Doctor Mortimer, that you were followed this morning f- from my house. Doctor Mortimer started violently. It- followed? Eh?" Uh, uh, "'By whom?' "'That, unfortunately, what I cannot tell you. "'Have you among your neighbors or acquaintances on Dartmoor "'any man with a with a black, full beard?' "'No, or, uh, let me see, why, yes, Barrymore, "'Sir Charles's butler, is a man with a full black beard. "'Ha!' exclamation poor, uh, poor point. "'Where is Barrymore?' "'Oh, he's in charge of the hall. I had pizza.' I had pizza earlier, and it made me greasy uh, and sleepy. So suddenly this reading of this emergency podcast episode is not up to the level that you people require from me. And yet I still move forward because I'm a professional. You gotta leave it to old Glenn to keep the, uh, the podcast empire that I'm trying to build uh, alive. So I'm gonna mispronounce words because I'm sleepy and thoroughly greased. Because I had pizza, we had best ascertain... If he is really there, or if by any possibility he might be in London. How can you do that? Nah, give me his telegraph uh, for It's all ready for Sir Henry. That will do. Uh, address to Mr. Barrymore, Baskerville Hall. Uh, what's the nearest telegraph office? Grimpin. Very good. And we will have to send a second wire to the postmaster. Grimpin. Telegram to Mr. Barrymore to be delivered in his own hand. If absent, please return wire to Henry Baskerville, Northumberland Hall. Uh, That should let us know before evening whether Barrymore is at his post in Devonshire or not. That's so, said Baskerville. By the way, uh, Dr. Mortimer, uh, who is this Barrymore, anyhow? Oh, he's the son of the old caretaker who is dead. Oh, they looked after the hall for four generations now. So far as I know, uh, he and his wife are as respectable a couple as there are in the country. "'At the same time,' said Baskerville, "'it's clear enough that so long as there is none of the family at the hall, "'these people have a mighty fine home and nothing to do.' "'Nah, that's true. "'Did Barrymore profit at all by Sir Charles's will?' asked Holmes. "'Nah, he and his wife had 500 pounds each. Uh, "'Ha! Ha! Exclamation point. "'Did they know that they would receive this? "'Yes. Sir Charles was very fond of talking about the provisions of his will.' "'That is very interesting. Oh, "'I I hope,' said Dr. Mortimer, "'that you do not look with suspicious eyes "'upon everyone who's received a legacy from Sir Charles. "'Burp. "'For I uh, had pizza. "'That explains all the burping. "'Look, I know this isn't the highest-quality show. "'It's an emergency episode. "'For I also had a thousand pounds left to me. "'Indeed! "'And anyone else? "'Nah, there are many insignificant sums to individuals "'and a large number of public charities. "'The residue all went to Sir Henry.' Uh, how, how much was the residue? Oh, seven hundred and forty thousand pounds. Holmes raised his eyebrows in surprise. Ugh, oh, I almost burped. Ugh, the pizza. I had no idea that so gigantic a sum was involved," said he. Sir Charles had the reputation of being rich, but we did not know how rich he was until he came to examine his securities. The total value of the estate was close on to a to a million. Uh, dear me! Burp. <laughs> it's a st- I'm just burping like crazy. It's a stake for which a, a man might well play a desperate game. And one more question, Dr. Mortimer. Supposing that anything happened to our young friend here, will you forgive the unpleasant uh, hypothesis? Exclamation point, immediately followed by an M dash with a lowercase. Who would inherit the estate? Since Roger Baskerville, Sir Charles's younger brother, died unmarried. And the estate would descend to the Desmonds, who are distant cousins. Oh, James Desmond is an elderly clergyman in Westmoreland. Thank you. These details are all of great interest. Have you, have you met? "'Have you met Mr. James Desmond?' "'Yes. Once came down to visit Sir Charles. "'Oh, he's a man of venerable appearance uh, and, uh, and of a saintly life. "'But I remember that he refused to accept any settlement from Sir Charles, uh, "'though he pressed it upon him. Uh, "'And this man of simple taste, uh, would he be the heir to Sir Charles's thousands? "'Oh, he would be the heir to the estate, because that is entitled.' Uh, "'He would also be the heir to the money, "'unless it were willed otherwise by the present owner, "'who can, of course, do what he likes with it. "'Have you made your will, Sir Henry?' "'No, Mr. Holmes, I have not. "'I have had no time.' And it was only yesterday that I learned how matters stood. Uh, But in any case, I feel the money should go with the title in the estate. Uh, That was my poor uncle's idea. Oh, how is the owner going to restore the glories of the Baskervilles if he has not money enough to keep up the property? (laughs) House, (laughs) land, and dollars must go together. (laughs) Quite so. Well, Sir Henry, I am of the mind with you as uh, to the advisability of your going down to Devonshire without delay. There is only one provision which I must make. You certainly must not go alone. Yeah, Dr. Mortimer returns to me, uh, but Dr. Mortimer has his practice to attend to, and his house is miles away from yours. With all the goodwill in the world, he may be unable to help you. No, Sir Henry, you must take with you someone, a, a trusty man, who will be always by your side. Is it possible that you'd come yourself, Mr. Holmes? If matters came to a crisis, I should endeavor to be present in person. But you understand that, with my extensive consulting practice and with the constant appeals uh, which reach me from many quarters, it is impossible for me to be absent from London for an indefinite time. And at the the present instant, uh, one of the most revered names in England is being besmirched uh, by a blackmailer. And I only can stop a disastrous scandal. Now, uh, you will see how impossible it is for me to go to Dartmoor. Uh, Who would you recommend, then? Holmes laid his hand upon my arm. If my friend would undertake it, there is no man who is better worth having at your side. uh, When you are in a a tight place, Uh, no one can say so more confidently than I. The proposition took me completely by surprise. But before I had time to answer, Baskerville seized me by the hand and wrung it heartily. Well, now, that is real kind of you, Dr. Watson, said he. Uh, you see how it is with me, and you know just as much about the matter as I do. Uh, if you will come down to Baskerville Hall and see me through, uh, oh, I'll never forget it. The promise of adventure had always a fascination for me, and I was complimented by the words of Holmes and by the eagerness by which uh, baronet, the, the baronet hailed me as a companion. I will come with uh, uh, pleasure, said I. I did not know how I could employ my time better. Will you, re- will you report "'Very carefully to me,' said Holmes, "'when a crisis comes, uh, as it will do, "'oh, I will direct how you shall act. "'I suppose that by Saturday uh, all might be ready. Yeah, Would that suit, Dr. Watson?' Mm-hmm. "'Perfectly. "'Then on Saturday, unless you hear the contrary, "'we shall meet again at the 10.30 train from Paddington. "'Oh, we had risen to depart when Baskerville gave a, gave, gave a cry of triumph?' And uh, diving into one of the corners of the room, he drew a brown boot from under a cabinet. Oh, yeah, my missing boot, he cried. May all your difficulties vanish as easily, said Sherlock Holmes. (laughs) That's a weird thing to say when you see a guy embarrass himself by flying across the room. Like, my missing boot. It's like, ah, may your blessings be bountiful. (laughs) It's just weird. (laughs) But it's a very singular thing, Dr. Mortimer remarked. I searched this room carefully before lunch. And so did I, said Baskerville, every inch of it. There was certainly no boot in it then. In that case, the waiter must have placed it there while we were lunching. Oh, the German was sent for, but the professor knew nothing of the matter, nor could any inquiry clear it up. Another item had been added to that constant and apparently purposeless series of small mysteries which had succeeded each other so rapidly, setting aside the whole grim story of Sir Charles's death. Oh, he had a line of inexplicable incidents, all within the limits of uh, two days, uh, which included the receipt of the printed letter and the black-bearded spy and the handsome... Ah, the loss of the new brown boot, and the loss of the old black boot, and now the return of the new brown boot. <laughs> Holmes sat in silence in the cab as we drove back to Baker Street, and I knew from his drawn brows and keen face that his mind, like my own, was busy in endeavoring to frame some scheme into which these strange and apparently disconnected episodes could be fitted. Oh, oh, all afternoon and late into the evening, we sat, lost in, in tobacco, and, and, it thought just before dinner, two telegrams were handed in. The first ran: "I uh, have just heard that Barrymore is at the hall, the uh, Baskerville." The second: "Visited twenty-three hotels as directed, but sorry to report unable to cut, uh, trace cut sheets of Times." Cartwright. Well, there go. Two of my threads, Watson. Uh, there's nothing more stimulating than a case where everything goes against you. Oh, we must cast round for another set. Yeah, uh, we still have the. The cabman who drove the spy. Exactly. I have wired to get his name and address from the official registry. No, I could not be surprised if there were an answer to my question. Uh, The ring at the bell proved to be something even more satisfactory than an answer. However, for the door opened and the rough-looking fellow entered, who was evidently the man himself. Uh, I got a message from the head office. "'That a gent at this address had been inquiring for number 2704,' he said. Uh, "'I've driven my cab this this seven years and never a word of complaint. "'I came here straight from the yard to ask you to to your face, "'what you had against me.' "'I have nothing in the world against you, my good man,' said Holmes. "'On the contrary, I have half a sovereign for you "'that you will give me a clear answer to my questions.' Well, I've got a good day, and uh, no mistake, said the cabman with a grin. Uh, what does he want to ask, sir? First of all, uh, your name and address, in case I want you again. John Clayton, 3 Turpy Street, uh, in the borough. Uh, my cab is out of Shipley's Yard, near Waterloo Station. Well, shall I call him a note of it? Uh, now, Clayton, um, tell me all about the fair, uh, who came and watched this house at 10 o'clock this morning, and uh, afterwards followed the two gentlemen down Regent Street. Well, the man looked surprised and a little embarrassed. Why, there's no uh, good in my telling you those things, uh, for you seem to know as much as I do already. The truth is that the gentleman told me that he was a detective and that I was to say nothing about him to anyone. Well, my good fellow, this is a very serious business and you may find yourself in a pretty bad position if you try to hide anything from me. Sorry, piece of pizza in my mouth. Got to get that out. You say that your fair told you that he was a, 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 a detective? Yes, he did. Uh, when did he say this? When he left me. Did he say anything more? I well, mentioned his name. Holmes cast a glance of triumph at me. Oh, he mentioned his name, did he? Well, that was imprudent. Uh, what was the name of that uh, he mentioned? His name, said the cabman. Was Mr. Sherlock Holmes. Never have I seen my friend more completely taken aback than by the cabman's reply. Oh, for it is, he sat and saw it in silent amazement. And then, he, and then he burst into a hearty laugh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A touch, Watson, an undeniable touch, said he. I feel a foil as quick as supple as my own. He got home upon me very prettily that time, and so his name was Sherlock Holmes, was it? Yes, sir, that was the gentleman's name. Ah, excellent. Uh, tell me where where did you pick him up to, and all that occurred? Hell he uh, hailed me at half-past nine at Trafalgar Square, and then he, he was a detective, and he offered me two guineas if i do exactly what he wanted all day and ask no questions. And I was glad enough to agree. Uh, first, he drove down the Northumberland Hotel, and he waited there until that uh, two gentlemen came out and, and took a cab from the uh, from the rank. Uh, then he followed their cab until he pulled up somewhere near here. This very door, said Holmes. Well, I could be sure of that, no piece of pizza in my mouth. "'Time to get that out. Uh, "'But I dare say that my fair knew well about it.'" He pulled up. We're going to learn all these details right now. "'Pulled up halfway down the street "'and then waited an hour and a half, "'and then the two gentlemen passed us "'and walked "'We followed down Baker Street and along. "'I know,' said Holmes. "'Well, until we got three quarters uh, down Regent Street. "'Then my gentleman threw up the trap, "'and he cried that I should drive right away "'to Waterloo Station as hard as I could go. "'Oh, oh, I whipped the mare.' Oh, and then we were there in under ten minutes. Uh, then we paid up his two guineas, uh, like a good one, and away he went to the station. Only, uh, just as he was leaving, he turned round and said, It might interest you to know that you have been driving Mr. Sherlock Holmes, and, and that's how I come to know the name. Oh, I see. You saw no more of him? Nah, not after he went to the station. And how would you uh, describe Mr. Sherlock Holmes? Ah, oh, the cabinet scratches it. Oh, he wasn't altogether such an easy gentleman to uh, I put him at 40 years of age. And he was uh, uh, middle height? Hmm? Uh, two or three inches uh, shorter than you, sir. And he was dressed uh, like a toff. What's a toff? Oh, thank God for the kindle. What's a toff? Uh, a rich, upper-class person. 19th century, perhaps an alteration of tuft. Uh, used to denote a gold tassel worn on the cap by entitled undergraduate Oxford Cambridge. Oh, so just a jerk. Uh, then he came, uh, uh, and then he had a, he had a black beard. Uh, cut square at the end. Weird. Uh, and a pale face. And I don't know if I can say more than that. Uh, color of his eyes? Uh, no, I can't say that. Nothing more you can remember? Uh, no, sir, nothing. Well, then, here is your half sovereign, and here's another one for uh, one waiting for you if you can bring any more information. A uh, good night uh, good night uh, thank you, John Clayton departed uh, chuckling, and Holmes turned to me with a shrug of his shoulders and a rueful smile. Snap goes our third thread we end where we began,' he said. "'The the cunning rascal!' exclamation point. "'He knew our number, knew that Sir Henry Baskerville had consulted me, "'spotted who I was in Regent Street, "'conjectured that I had got the number of the cab "'and would lay my hands on the driver, "'and so sent back this audacious message. "'I tell you, Watson, this time we have got a foeman "'who is worthy of our steel. "'I have been checkmated, checkmated in London.' I can only wish you better luck in Devonshire, but I'm not uh, easy in my mind about it. Yeah, About what? About sending you. It's an ugly business, Watson. An ugly, dangerous business. And the more I see of it, the less I like it. Yes, uh, my dear fellow, you may laugh. Burp. Oh, bro, it's another burp. Ooh, that's just pizza coming up on that last one. That was less of a burp than me just fighting down a... A hot pressure from deep in my stomach. But I give you my word that I should be very glad to have you back safe and sound in Baker Street once more. Well, that was a lot of fun. Uh, almost nothing happened in that chapter except that uh, we just kind of learned a lot. Why, why am I recapping? That's not the point. You know what's going on? I'm gassy. I'm gassy and I have pieces of old cheese coming out of my mouth while I'm reading. And it's just gathering up in the corners of my mouth like like a a like a... Like a a, a, a greasy froth So I'm over here burping and spitting things out of my mouth And reading to you people Maybe it's a little bit time time uh, Take a little bit of time for myself eh, You know Retire for a little bit Take a break from all this This emergency episode eh, why, don't we, why don't we go upstairs And uh, relax in the master bedroom Keep things on a little bit A little fuss and fight A <laughs> little tickles and stuff Let's get upstairs It'll be a lot of fun I can't wait to see what you want. What is that? Is that a little pizza suit? Oh, you're wearing a whole pizza suit. That's adorable. You actually care about me. You actually think about me on my free time. You know I'm over here gassing it up and spitting out chunks of cheese, and and I'm struggling on this emergency episode, and you take the time to wear an outfit that matches what I ate earlier that made me so sleepy. Well, that's adorable and sweet. But you're going to take it off. Uh, Instead, I want you to put on the pants of Santa Claus with big black boots Uh, I want you to put on like a a sheriff's jacket with a big star and a cowboy hat on the top but then put a tiny tiny little Santa hat on top of that cowboy hat because this week we're going to read a review of the newest upcoming romance novel from Penguin Random House called All I Want for Christmas is a Cowboy Uh, Christmas arrives early when a fateful encounter leads two strangers to unexpected love in this holiday romance for New York Times bestselling author. Ah, geez, another New York Times bestselling author. Burp, it's a scam. Christmas may be coming, but it's just another day at the ranch as far as Eli Pickett is concerned. Someone has to take care of the herd. and That means no holiday vacation for him. But that is the way he likes it. Oh, it's not like he has a woman to spend time with anyways. Most women don't want a ranch life or the surly, silent cowboy that comes with it. i Oh, fine with him. I'd rather have the quiet of a roaring fire and the company of his dogs. Cassandra Horn, well, that's quite the name, is trying to make it to her parents' winter cabin in Wyoming. Before the blizzard hits, she desperately needs a vacation for the chaos of Manhattan. And her boss is Boyfriend is making your life miserable. But uh, Cass uh, makes it to the cabin. Never makes it to the cabin. Well, I'm sleepy. I'm not reading anything, right? A raging snowstorm causes her car to crash. It's where she's found unconscious by Eli. And when Cass wakes, she has no memories of who she is. Well, that's convenient. Eli takes one look at Cass's big blue eyes and dark curls, and, and like a Christmas miracle, falls head over heels in love. That's weird just falling head over heels in love with a person who clearly needs to go see a doctor. But while the attraction is mutual, can she give her heart to this cowboy if she's not sure if it's hers to give? She's got a serious concussion, and she has no memories of who she is. Go to a doctor. Call the police. Don't fall in love. Don't decide if your heart to give. What is this book, Jessica Clare? Uh... She writes under three pen names. As Jessica Clare, she writes erotic contemporary romances, including the Billionaire Boys Club novels. <laughs> what is what, Can you imagine what that's like? We're rich, and everything goes well for us. We have no conflicts that are worth reading about. <laughs> and the Hitman novels with uh, Jen Frederick. As Jessica Sims, she writes fun. Uh, sexy shifter paranormals. Oh, I'm not going into that. Okay, so anyways, uh, all I want for Christmas is a cowboy. It's coming out October 5th. Uh, Just in time for Christmas. You can get it from Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, uh, Hudson Booksellers, IndieBound, Powell's, Target, my favorite name, Books A Million, Bookshop.org, which has never given us a cent, and Walmart. Well, with that... I'm not horny. I had too much pizza. You look great now, wearing the Santa pants and the little uh, sheriff's vest and everything. That's adorable. And uh, boy, am I horny. Or I'd normally be horny, but actually I'm just greasy and sleepy. So I'm going to take my big prideful belly and just roll down the stairs until I finally uh, get back into the library we can finish reading the next chapter. Well, let's snuggle up uh, back here in the in the library and uh, continue reading Chapter 6 of this book. There's a big-ass fly in my base uh, my mansion. <sighs> Burp. Man, that's a lot of pizza. I'm still tasting the flavors. The bouquet of flavors. He's been flying around and die-bombing my head, and I can't stand it. All right, well, whatever. Chapter 6, uh, Baskerville Hall. Sir Henry Baskerville and Doctor Mortimer were ready upon the appointed day, and we started uh, as ranged for Devonshire. Ooh, that was a weird gassy burp inside my throat that never came up to my mouth. Sounded like a like a small turtle whining. Mr. Sherlock Holmes drove with me to the station and gave me his last parting injunctions and advice. I will not bias your mind by suggesting theories or suspicions, Watson said he. I wish you simply to report facts in the fullest possible manner to me, and then you can lead me to do the theorizing. Because he's a jerk. Uh, It's sort of facts. Anything which may seem to have a bearing, however indirect, upon the case, and especially uh, the relations between young Baskerville and his neighbors or any fresh particulars concerning the death of Sir Charles. Oh, I have made some inquiries myself in the last few days, but the results have, I fear, been negative. Yeah, we just learned that all over the last chapter. One thing only appears to be certain, and that is that Dr., or Mr. James Desmond, who is the next heir, is an elderly gentleman of a very amiable disposition, uh, so that his persecution does not arise from him. I really think that we may eliminate him entirely from our calculations. There remain the people who will actively surround uh, Sir Henry Baskerville upon the moor. Would it not be well in the first place to, to get rid of this Barrymore couple? Oh, by no means— You cannot make it a greater mistake. Oh, oh! If they're innocent, it would be a cruel injustice. And if they are guilty, we should be giving up all chance of bringing it home to them. No, no, we will preserve them upon our list of suspects. And then there's a groom in the hall, if I remember right. And there's uh, just, uh, uh, two Moreland farmers. Uh, and then there's our, our friend, Dr. Mortimer, whom I believe, to be entirely honest. Yeah. And then there's his wife, uh, whom we know n- uh, uh, nothing. Uh, uh there's this uh, uh this naturalist, uh, Stapleton. Uh and then there's his girl sister, who is said to be a young lady of attractions And there's Mr Farkland of Laughter Hall, who is also uh also an unknown factor. Uh and there are one or two other neighbors, uh but these are the folk who must be very special study. I will do my best. You have arms, I suppose. Uh, Yes, I thought it well to take them. Oh, guns. Can you just get guns in England? Is it like being in Texas? Where it's like you go to the gas station and just get a Snickers bar and a a pistol? Can you do that in England, especially back then? Well, he's got them. Uh, Most certainly, keep your revolver near you night and day and never relax your precautions. Our friends have already secured a first-class carriage, and we are waiting for us upon the platform. No, we have no news of any kind, said Dr. Mortimer in answer to my friend's questions. I swear to one thing, and that is we have not been shadowed during the last two days. Uh, we have never gone out uh, without keeping a, a sharp watch, and no one should have escaped our notice. Oh, you've always kept it together, I presume. Uh, except uh, yesterday afternoon, I usually give up one day to pure amusement Yeah, when I come down, to uh, but I spend it at the Museum of the College of Surgeons. Oh, he's a crazy motherfucker. This guy knows how to go off the chain. And uh, and I went to look at the folk in the park, said Baskerville. (laughs) Let's go. These guys know how to party, (laughs) and we have no trouble of any kind. It was imprudent all the same, said Holmes, shaking his head and looking very grave. Yeah, he doesn't approve of their lifestyles and how they party so hard. I beg, Sir Henry, that you will not go about alone. Some great misfortune will befall you if you do. Uh, Did you get your other boot? Uh, no, sir, it's, uh, it's gone forever. Indeed, that is very interesting. Well, goodbye, <laughs> yeah, as the train began to glide down the platform. Bear in mind, Sir Henry, one of the phrases in that queer old legend which Dr. Mortimer has read to us and avoid the more in those hours of darkness when the powers of evil are exalted. Like back at the platform, we had left it far behind and saw the tall, austere figure of Holmes standing motionless and gazing after us. Like a weirdo. Burp. Ooh. I had a Heggie's pizza. Uh it's called the Inferno. So it's got a lot of uh it's got a lot of peppers and stuff in it. Heggie's Pizza is like a bar pizza, but weirdly, it's delicious comfort food. They sell it everywhere here, in Minneapolis. Uh you can go anywhere. Oh, any small town. Yeah, can I have a Heggie's pizza? And they've got one at a bar, or you can go to a grocery store and pick one up, and they're weirdly delicious. I cannot stop talking about Heggy's breakfast pizza. They're hard to find, but if you find a place that does sell one, like Cub, then, uh, oh god, get one. It's so delicious. It's got egg and uh, hollandaise sauce. So darn good. I didn't have that tonight, though. That's the reason why I'm burping up fire and my own flesh. The journey was swift and a pleasant one, and I spent it in making more intimate acquaintance of my two companions and then playing with Dr. Mortimer's Spaniel. In a very few hours, the brown earth had become ruddy and the break had changed to granite, and red cows grazed in well-hedged fields where the lush grasses and more luxuriant vegetation spoke of a richer, if a Damper. Climate. Oh, the dew points. Uh, young Baskerville started er- eagerly out the window and uh, cried aloud at the light as he recognized the familiar features of Devon's scenery. What is he, nine? Settle the hell down. Just sit there and be quiet till we get home. <laughs> I've been over a good part of the world since I left at Dr. Watson, said he, but I've never seen a place to compare with it. Uh, I never saw a Devonshire man who did not swear by his country, I remarked. Uh, It depends on the breed of men, uh, quite as much as the country, said Dr. Mortimer. A glance at our friend here reveals the rounded head of the Celt, which carries inside of the Celtic enthusiasm, the power of attachment. I've met people like that. They won't shut up about where they grew up. People that grew up in places like White Bear Lake or uh, Chaska. Poor Sir Charles Head was of a very rare type, half Gaelic, half uh, Irvanian. Well, let's look up what Irvanian is. Just some guy named Irv. Come on, search Wikipedia. Wikipedia. Uh, primitive Irish. Okay. Uh, in its characteristics, but you were very young when you last saw Baskerville Hall. Were you not? Oh, I was a boy in my teens at the time of my father's death and had never seen the hall, for he lived in a little cottage in the south coast. Fence. <laughs> I went straight to a friend in America. <laughs> Fancy! <laughs> I gotta start using that more often. Uh, I tell you, it's all as new to me as it was to Dr. Watson. I'm as keen as possible to see the moor. Are the you? Uh, then your wish is easily granted, for there's your first sight of the moor, said Dr. Mortimer, pointing out of the carriage window. Over the green squares of the fields and the low curve of wood, there arose in the distance a gray, melancholy hill. With a, with a strange jagged summit, uh, dim and vague in the distance, like some fantastic landscape in a dream. Baskerville sat for a uh, pfft, long time, his eyes fixed upon it, and I read upon his eager face how much it meant to him. And this first sight of that strange spot with a, with a man of his blood had held sway so long and left their mark so deep. There he sat with his, with a, with a, with his tweed suit and his, uh, his American accent, in the corner of a prosaic railway carriage, and yet I looked at his dark and uh, an expressive face, and I felt more than ever how true a descendant he was of that long line of, of high-blooded, uh, uh, fiery and uh, ooh and masterful men. There were pride, uh, valor, and strength in his in his thick brows, gross, <laughs> his sensitive his sensitive nostrils. <laughs> This man sounds highly unattractive. (laughs) His thick brows, there's strength in his thick brows and his sensitive nostrils. (laughs) I imagine them being really pink and kind of veiny. Uh, And his large, hazel eyes. Oh, those are beautiful eyes. And on that forbidding moor, a difficult and dangerous quest should lie before us. This was at least a comrade for whom one might venture to take a risk with the certainty that he would uh, bravely share it. Now the train pulled up at a small wayside station. We all descended uh, outside beyond the low white fence, a a wagonette, which sounds like an adorable version of a wagon, uh, with a pair of cobs, just two corn cobs, apparently running the wagonette, was waiting. Our coming was evidently a great event. For stationmaster and porters clustered around us to carry our luggage. Oh, it was a sweet, simple country spot where ears of corn can actually drive carriages. But I was surprised to observe that by the gate there stood two soldierly men in dark uniforms who leaned on their short rifles and glanced keenly at us as we passed. Everyone in this book has guns. I didn't think you could get guns that easily in in England. Apparently i got to look this up. I am ignorant to what guns are like in England. Uh, but here in this period of time everyone's got them they're flossing their teeth with them they're uh, shooting light bulbs to turn off the lights at night uh it's amazing the coachman a hard faced gnarled little fellow saluted Sir Henry Baskerville and in a few minutes we were flying swiftly down the road uh broad, white road, rolling pasture, lands curved upward on either side of us. And, uh, old gabled houses, <laughs> peeped out from amid the thick green foliage. <laughs> Find me. It's cute. These little houses are cute. They like to play. Uh, but behind the peaceful and sunlit countryside, there rose ever dark against the evening sky that long, gloomy curve of the moor, broken by the jagged and sinister hills. All the wagonettes swung round to the side road. This corn is amazing. And we curved upward through deep lanes worn by centuries of wheels, uh, high banks on either side, uh, heavy with uh, 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 dripping moss and uh, ooh, fleshy heart's tongue ferns. Gross, bronzing bracken and mottled bramble gleamed in the light of, our, of the sinking sun, still steadily rising. We passed over a narrow granite bridge and skirted a noisy stream which, uh, which gushed swiftly down and foaming and roaring amid the gray boulders. Oh, both road and stream wound up through a valley dense with scrub, oak, and fir. And every turn, Baskerville gave an exclamation of delight. Uh, just give him like some Triscuits or something. Get him to calm down. Give him some corn chips. Looking eagerly about him and asking countless questions like he's nine. Just give him an iPad. To his eyes, all seemed beautiful, but to me a tinge of melancholy lay upon the countryside which bore so clearly the mark of the waning year. Uh, yellow leaves carpeted the lanes and fluttered down upon us as we passed. Over oh, the rattle of our wheels died away as we drove through drifts of rotting vegetation. Sad gifts, uh, as it seemed to me, for nature to throw before the carriage of the returning heir of the Baskervilles. Uh, holla! <laughs> cried Miss Dr. Mortimer. <laughs> Holla, H-A-L-L-O-A! Oh, Lord! Uh, what is this? A steep curve of heath-clad land, an outlying spur of the moor, lay in front of us, and, uh, and on the summit, all oh, hard and clear like an equestrian statue upon its pedestal, was a mounted soldier, dark and stern, his rifle poised, ready over his forearm. He was watching the road along which we traveled. Uh, what, is, "'What is this, Perkins?' said Dr. Mortimer. Oh, "'Our driver turned half in his seat. "'The corn?' "'There's a convict escaped from Princetown, sir. "'He's been out three days now, "'and the warders watch every road and every station, "'but they've uh, had no sight of him yet, uh-huh. "'and the farmers here, uh, they don't like it, sir, "'and that's a fact.' "'Well, I understand that they get five pounds "'if they can give information.' "'Oh, yes, sir. "'The chance of five pounds is but a poor thing "'compared to the chance of having your throat cut.' Uh, You see, it isn't like any ordinary convict. Uh, This is a man that would stick at nothing. Who is he, then? It is Selden, the Notting Hill murderer. Oh, I remember the case well, for it was one in which Holmes had taken an interest on account of the particular... Because he loves it. If anyone dies, he's like, ooh, what's that? So, of course, Holmes took an interest in this. Uh, On account of the particular ferocity of the crime, of course, and the wanton brutality which marked all the actions of the assassin. Yeah, that's all Holmes is into. Pervert. The communication of his death sentence had uh, been due to some doubts as to his complete sanity. So atrocious was his conduct. Our wagonette had topped a rise, and in front of us rose the huge expanse of the moor, mottled with gnarled and craggy cairns and tors. Uh, a cold wind swept down from it and set us shivering. Somewhere there on that desolate plain was lurking this fiendish man, hiding in a burrow like a like a like a like a wild. Like a, like a wild beast. Oh, his heart full of malignancy against the whole race which had cast him out. And indeed, uh, but uh, it needed, uh, but this to complete the grim suggestiveness of the barren wastes, the chilly wind, and the sky. darkling sky. Darkling sky. Not darkening, but darkling. Ah, oh, well. This book was written a long time ago. Who gives a crap? Even Baskerville fell silent and pulled his overcoat more closely around him. Ah, uh, we had left the fertile country behind and beneath us. We, we look back on it now, the slanting rays of a low sun, turning the streams uh, to threads of gold and glowing in the red earth, now turned by the plow and the uh, and the broad tangle of the woodlands. The road in front of us grew, uh, grew bleaker and the wilder over huge russet and olive slopes, sprinkled with giant boulders now, and then we... We passed a moorland cottage, walled and roofed with stone. Oh, with no creeper to break its harsh outline. Uh, suddenly, we, we looked down uh, into a cup-like depression, weird, patched with stunted oaks and firs, which had been twisted and bent by the fury of years of storm. Two high, narrow towers rose over the tree, uh, and the driver pointed with his whip the, the corn. Held up a little whip. That's adorable. Baskerville Hall," <laughs> said he. Why did I say it like that? <laughs> its master had risen, was staring with flushed cheeks and shining eyes. A few minutes later, we had reached the lodge gates, a maze fantastic tracery in wrought iron, with uh, weather-bitten pillars on either side, uh, 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 blotched with lichens, and uh, and surmounted by the boars' heads of the Baskervilles. Oh, the lodge was a ruin of black granite and and bared ribs of rafters. But facing it was a new building, half constructed, uh, the first fruit of Sir Charles's South African gold. through the gateway, we passed into an avenue uh, where the wheels were again hushed amid the leaves, and the old trees shot their branches in a sombre tunnel over our heads. Baskerville shuddered as he looked up the long, dark drive to where the house glimmered like a like a like a like a ghost at the farther end. Oh, was it here? he asked in a low voice, No, no. The U-Valley is on the other side. Is it the corn saying that? The young heir glanced around with a gloomy face. It is no wonder my uncle felt as if trouble were uh, coming on him from such a place as this, said he. It's enough to uh, scare any man, and I'll have a row of electric lamps up here inside of six months, and you won't know it again. With a thousand power, swan and Edison right here in front of the hall door. The avenue opened... Into a broad expanse of turf, and the house lay before us. And in the fading light, I could see that the center was a heavy block of building from which a porch projected, uh, and the whole front was draped in ivy, uh, with a patch clipped bare here and there, and a window or coat of arms broke through the dark. Field. Uh, from the central block rose the twin towers, ancient, crenellated, uh, and uh, pierced with many loopholes. To right and left of the turrets were more modern wings of black granite, and a dull light shone through heavy mullioned windows, and from the high chimneys which rose from the steep, high-angled roof there sprang a single black column of smoke. Uh, "'Welcome, Sir Harry, welcome to Baskerville Hall!' a tall man stepped from the shadow of the porch to open the door of the wagonette. The figure of a woman was silhouetted against the yellow light of the hall, and she came out and helped the man to hand down our bags." Uh, you don't mind my driving straight home, uh, Sir Henry, said Dr. Mortimer. My my wife is expecting me. Uh, surely you'll stay and have some dinner? No, I must go. I shall probably find some uh, work awaiting me. Uh, I would stay to show you over the house, but Barrymore will be a better guide than I. Uh, goodbye. Uh, never hesitate night and day to send him for me if you could be of service. The wheels died away down the drive while Sir Henry and I turned to the hall. The door clanged heavily behind us. Oh, it's a fine apartment in which we uh, found ourselves. Large, uh, uh, lofty, burp, burp, and heavily raftered. Again, I apologize for this emergency episode. Uh, with huge bulks and aged black and oak. In the great old-fashioned fireplace behind the high iron dogs, a a log fire crackled and and snapped. Oh, Sir Henry and I held out our hands to it, for we were numb from our long drive. And then we gazed round at the high, thin window of old stained glass, uh, the oak paneling, the The stag's heads and the the coats of arms upon the walls, all dim and somber in the subdued light of the the central lamp. It's just as I imagine it, said Sir Henry. It's not a very picture of an old family home. To think that this should be the same hall in which for five hundred years my people have lived, it strikes me solemn to think of it. (laughs) I saw his dark face. Lit up uh, with a boyish enthusiasm. He's been doing boyish enthusiasm this whole damn chapter. As he gazed about him, all oh, the light beat upon him where he stood, but long shadows trailed down the walls and hung like a like a black canopy above him. Ah, uh, Barrymore had returned from taking our luggage to our rooms, and he stood in front of us now with the uh, subdued manner of a well-trained servant. Uh, and he was a he's a remarkable-looking man. Uh, uh, tall, uh, handsome, and with a square black beard. <gasps> "'and pale distinguished features. Uh, "'Which wish uh, dinner to be served at once, sir?' Uh, "'Is it ready?' "'In a very few minutes, sir, uh, "'find uh, hot water in your rooms. Uh, my, "'My wife and I will be happy, Sir Henry, "'to stay with you until you've made your, your, your fresh arrangements. "'But you will understand that under the new conditions "'this house will require a, a considerable staff.' Uh, "'What new conditions?' I only meant, sir, that Sir Charles led a very retired life and we were able to look after his wants. Uh, you would naturally wish to have more company, uh, so you will need uh, changes to your household. To be your wife and you wish to leave, only when it is quite convenient to you, sir. But your family have been with us for uh, uh, ooh, several generations. Uh, have they not? I should be sorry to begin my life here by breaking an old family connection. I seem to discern the signs of emotion upon the butler's white face. I feel that also, sir, and so does my wife, but to tell the truth, sir, we were both very much attached to Sir Charles, and his death gave us a shock, and made these surroundings very painful to us. I fear that we shall never again be easy in our minds at Baskerville Hall. Yeah, but what do you intend to do? Well, I have no doubt, sir, that we shall succeed in establishing ourselves in uh, some business, as Sir Charles' generosity has given us the means to do so. And now, sir, perhaps I'd best show you to your rooms. Ah, square a square balustrade gallery ran round the top of the old hall, approached by a double stair. Uh, and from this central point, two long corridors extended the whole length of the building, from which all the bedrooms opened. And my own was the same wing as Baskerville's, and uh, and almost next door to it. These rooms appeared to be much more modern than the central part of the house, and the bright paper and numerous candles did something to remove the sombre impression which our arrival had left upon my mind. But the the dining room which opened out of the hall was a place of shadow and gloom. Uh, It was a long chamber with with a steep... Uh, separating the, the dais where the family sat down the lower portion reserved for for their uh, dependents. At one end, a minstrel's gallery uh-huh, overlooked it. A black beam shot across above her heads with a smoke-darkened ceiling beyond them with rows of flaring torches to light it up and the color and rude hilarity of an old-time banquet. And it might have been softened, but now the two black-clothed gentlemen sat in a little circle of light, thrown by a shaded lamp. One's voice became hushed and one's spirit subdued. A a, a dim line of ancestors in every variety of dress, uh, from the Elizabethan knight uh, to the buck of the regency, (laughs) stared down upon us and and daunted us by their silent company. Uh, We talked a little, and I, for one, was glad when the meal was over and we were able to retire to the modern billiard room and uh, and smoke smoke a, 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 a cigarette. "'My word! Isn't it a very cheerful place in Sir Henry? "'I suppose one can tone down to it, "'but I feel a bit out of the picture of the present. Uh, "'I don't wonder that my uncle got a little uh, jumpy "'as he lived alone in such a, a house as this. "'However, if it uh, suits you, we should retire early tonight, "'and perhaps things may seem more cheerful in the morning.' "'I drew aside my curtains before I went to bed "'and looked out from my window. "'It opened upon a, a, a grassy space "'in which lay in front of the hall door. Uh, beyond two uh, copses, copses of trees, moaned and, and swung in the rising wind, and uh, a half-moon broke through the rifts of the racing clouds. Uh, in its cold light, uh, I saw beyond the trees a broken fringe rocks uh, and the long, low curve of the melancholy moor. Oh, I closed the curtain, uh, feeling that my last impression was in keeping with the rest. Yeah, the whole place sucks. And yet it is not quite the last. I found myself weary and yet uh, eh, wakeful, uh, tossing restlessly from side to side, uh, seeking for the sleep which would not come. Far away, a chiming clock struck out the quarters of the hours, but otherwise a deathly silence lay upon the old house. And then suddenly, in the very dead of the night, uh, there came a sound to my ears. Uh, Clear, uh, resonant, and unmistakable. There was a sob of a woman, uh, the muffled, strangling gasp of one who was torn by an uncontrollable sorrow. Oh, I sat up in bed and listened intently, uh, but the noise could not have been far away, and was certainly in the house, uh, for half an hour. Oh, I waited with every nerve on the alert. But there came no other sound save for the chiming of the clock and the rustle of the ivy on the wall. Well, with that, uh, those two chapters, uh, I'm going to reserve my opinion... Uh, Here in this emergency episode We've been burping up stuff all damn night Uh, Why don't we go down to the uh, smoking room And we can uh, pretend that we're sitting there Because that's fun And uh, we can review what we just read Oh well here you come it took you freaking long enough. When you said you wanted to use the bathroom, I didn't realize you were going to go up there and shower or check yourself for fleas or whatever the hell you were doing up there. You are up there for like 20 minutes. I want to go to bed. I'm gassy and I'm tired. Oh <sighs> cripes. That was a bad one. Oh, and I can feel all the peppers coming back up. This is not a good episode. This is a disgusting episode. I'm flat out burping into the mic and tasting my dinner. What happened in these chapters? Uh, chapter five. Nothing. We find out that Sherlock Holmes has uh, been laying little traps for fishies, and the fishies aren't biting. So he's like, "Ah, well, this is a, this is a turnfest." Uh, Watson, why don't you go go with those guys over there back to their their weird castle that they keep? They won't shut up about. And so then that's the next chapter. Next chapter is. Uh, Watson, just hanging out with this guy who's like a nine-year-old, just bouncing up and down his seat, clapping and giggling with a shit-eating grin, not knowing what lies before him. Uh, they flat-out see a guy with a flat beard uh, cut off at the bottom, and he's the butler and his wife, and he's being all creepy, like, I gotta get out of here, uh, probably because he's the he's the hound, most likely, and he uh, just wants to hurry up and get out so he can kill people. So, uh, that's kind of it. The whole chapter was, uh, you know, well-written, uh, it's a, it kind of definitely gives the, the gloomy mood of the home and the moor and everything else. Uh, surprisingly not as racist as I was expecting it to be, so that's, that's a refreshing change when you get through a chapter without race being thrown into it. I always enjoy that. Uh, yeah, so what's good about this? Uh, chapter 6 is pretty well written. It's, uh, if you like good old-fashioned gloomy haunted mansions, you got it uh, in spades. You want to hear at length about... Uh, everything being smoky and gloomy and gross uh, and creepy butlers and their creepy-ass wives. Yeah, you got it. Enjoy. Uh, you even get a, a crying woman in the distance off in the mist or whatever the heck was going on. Uh, so that's always cool. So you're getting a classic uh, old-fashioned ghost story. So I did enjoy Chapter 6. Uh, what sucks? Uh eh, just that Holmes is pretty much just a jerk and useless so far in this book. I'm waiting for the action to happen. I'm waiting to find out how well he can write about a man who's supposed to be smarter than the author himself. Because the author himself looked at a picture of a little girl posing around paper cutouts of illustrations of fairies and thought this is real. That's the person who's writing a book about a very intelligent practical person who wouldn't fall for paper cutout fairies. But he did. But Holmes wouldn't. I literally can't understand how that works. How do you make yourself more intelligent briefly to write about a character who's smarter than you and then go back to being just a big old just big old knucklehead? Just like, oh, these fairies are real and I'm on a séance, can't be can't be fake. I don't know. So anyways, uh, that sucks. Uh, what do we learn? We learn that you can go 6 chapters in without anything really happening, uh, and you can open up a story where the worlds Greatest detective is just kind of a arrogant, dumb guy. So uh, I'm sure it's going to turn around later, but uh, not a good opening. If you've never read a Sherlock Holmes book before, uh, this doesn't really make him look all that great. He just looks like an arrogant uh, jerk. A lot of talk about boots. Oh, there's a lot of boot juggling going on. So that was kind of weird too. But with that, uh, thanks for uh, thanks for listening. And if you want to send a uh, band a bouquet of flowers not going to give you his address if you want to wish ben well uh you can't actually the turds over at uh, ladies fight they did wish ben well i gave them ben's secret cell phone number and boy did they really chat it up with him you dead yet things like that it was adorable so uh you know you can email well wishes well, with that thanks for listening and i will uh hopefully not record another one of these next week and i can record with ben There'll be one left.